Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Left on Red, thought-provoking commentary by Trevor Cooper. This podcast is supported by the generous donations by our listening audience through Impact Fellowship Church. 2020 has shaken society and each of us to our core. In my deepest moments of reflection and inquiry, even as a man of faith, I have asked God, where are you in all of this tragedy and loss? What are you saying to humanity that you haven't already said? Maybe a divine revelation. Some listeners are wondering, how am I supposed to reconcile losing loved ones, employment, friendships, relationships, even my mind at times, with my faith in God? I'm joined tonight by Minister Melanie Turner from Impact Fellowship Church. Melanie, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what's been going on in your life lately. Well, thank you for having me on, first of all, uh, Evangelist Trevor. Um, <laughs> as stated, my name is Melanie Turner. I am a San Francisco Bay Area native, um, a proud mother of a hilarious, handsome, and energetic four-year-old um, by the name of Richard Jr., uh, I've been an educator for about 13 years now, um, and to sum up who I am um, in, in the midst of all of those different kinds of titles and experiences, um, I am a servant leader who is finally beginning to understand what it means to lead through service, and uh, I am a self-proclaimed student of life and now in that in that status I am now beginning the phase of unlearning there's a lot that I have learned over life over the span of my life that served me then but doesn't serve me now so now I'm in the season of letting go of things that no longer serve me so that I can make room for what is needed in this season because this is a very extraordinary season Wow. Well, you've already said a mouthful there. And I think the emphasis is on improving our servanthood. In this season, I've just learned that the secret sauce to elevation is to get low. And nobody uh, is naturally excited about serving. There are very few people, I'll say that way. Uh, but Jesus himself, he said that he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so I'm certainly appreciative of your comments. And I too am a servant leader. We both serve at Impact Fellowship Church, a church that we co-founded together this year. And it's just been an amazing journey. So I'm just grateful to have Minister Melanie here with me, my sister. And we're gonna get straight on into some very, very hot topics uh, that have been on my mind and I'm pretty sure others' minds as well. And so, Given all that has happened this year, we want to really, really explore some of the internal tensions that many people who are um, millennial aged, who might have been veteran church members all their lives, how are we going to make sense of what we've been doing, what we've learned this year, and how we're going to move forward as people of faith um, or people who are of a certain age? Like, how do we do life going forward? And so my first question that I want us to unpack is, 
how has faith served you in 2020? How has faith served you in 2020? I'll definitely start off by saying faith is all that I have. Faith is all that I have. Mm. When I wake up in the morning, I'm grasping for faith. Um, when I get out of the bed and begin to calibrate what is important for me to achieve and accomplish, I am steeping those decisions through faith because I know that there have been days where I could have stayed in bed for 24 hours because of yeah. the weight, because of the pressure, because of the hurt, the loss, the the unexplainable uh, sensations that I have experienced this year. Nothing I've ever experienced before. It was, it was just, it's been heavy. And then there are days where the heaviness subsides and I'm able to accelerate. And there's a, a burst of energy and freedom and creativity. And I believe that my faith has a lot to do with that ebb and that flow. And so faith has served me in every way. And I don't know if I would have survived 2020 and be in my right mind without it. How about you, Melanie? Yeah. Um, as soon as you asked that question, I started thinking of <laughs> different kinds of shows and movies because I think in pictures um, when it comes to answering questions. So to answer your question, for me, faith has been a lifeline, much like the game show in, um, what is it called? How to Be a Millionaire. It's it's my saving grace. It's my clinch. Uh, um, it's a, something that if I tried everything else and it didn't work, that works for me. Um, and also, for those who are Disney fans, um, faith is my Jiminy Cricket, my conscience. Um, it reminds me uh, of what I'm supposed to do. And if I do at some point in life decide to do something that's contrary to my nature or my character, it reminds me of who I am so I can return rather than walk away defeated. Wow. So um, it's a very, very, it's, you know, it's a, a secret weapon. Faith is my secret weapon to sum it all up. Faith is my secret weapon. I love it. I appreciate that answer. It really, really squares with how I feel about faith and its essentiality. It's so important to me to maintain my faith uh, because faith ebbs and flows. Sometimes I feel more inspired by my faith than other days. And that's a part of the process too. Our faith isn't going to always be at mountaintop, uh, at mountaintop levels or elevation. Sometimes we're gonna feel low, but that doesn't mean that we don't have faith. It's just an experience that we're walking through with the faith that we already have. So I wanna kind of pivot just a little bit because we've spent a lot of time alone by ourselves because of the social distancing, wearing masks, um, fighting for time alone and solitude to sort of counterbalance all of the demand. A theme comes to mind where we always say religion uh, versus relationship or relationship over religion. How might you describe that dichotomy uh, between religion and 
relationship as it pertains to your spiritual journey this year? <laughs> oh, that is a very, very profound question. Um, and, and what I would say to it in a nutshell is that religion, as far as the liturgical practices and the, the processes of programming failed me in this season. Wow. Uh, which lets me know that it serves a purpose in a specific environment. Whereas relationship, all of the relationships that I was able to, you know, socially distance from, for my, what I thought was for my sanity or for my, my personal health, they were now in my face on a very regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, and my relationships became my reflections. They became my mirrors into my soul, um, into my heart and into my mind um, and made me look at things that were in need of repair, um, made me look at things that had become contaminated or tainted uh, by painful experiences that I thought had been healed, but literally were just swept under the rug. Um, and in forcing me to face these things, it also forced me to go to God for the recovery process. Um, it's just like when you get um, some not so great news at a checkup. Um, and it causes you as the patient to do two things, uh, reflect on what led you to this point, and then also reconnect to yourself in your natural state. It's like, okay, now what can I do to improve the situation? Um, and that's actually happened to me several times as far as physical um, repairs that needed to be happening and um, re-examining my health uh, on a physical, mental, and emotional way because my healing is required for my ministry. Um, and there were so many things that I didn't realize weren't healed or healed all the way that I had just let sit there while I'm doing, doing, doing. Um, and, and in this time and in this season, I was given the space. I'm not even going to say force anymore. I was given the space and opportunity to see me for who I was and where I was. And with grace and truth from, you know, my community, from IFC and from my family, was reminded this is not the end. This is your starting point for something new and something better. So this has been an amazing, scary, uplifting <laughs> journey. Wow, amazing, uplifting, scary. Sounds like faith to me. <laughs> you can say Sounds that like again. Faith, faith is so dynamic and it's applicable in every human experience, every field of human endeavor. There is faith. It's universal, it's transferable. It transfers, it's infectious, and I can't live without it. Well, just to answer that question, relationship versus religion, I see religion as do, and I see relationship as be. Mm. And this year for me, some things were so outside of the realm of my control, there was nothing that I could do. 
And all I could do was be who I was in that moment. When you get phone calls or you see images on Facebook or other social media platforms where somebody who you love or cared about or just, just knew from around the way is being funeralized in a funeral home chapel. Mm. And because of the rapid rate of loss, there's not enough time to send out notices and fly to the location. You have to sit there and watch. So I had to just be. And if it wasn't for my relationship with God in the midnight hour, I'm not talking about when it's light outside and I'm busy sending emails and managing life. In the midnight hour when everything is still and quiet, if it wasn't for my relationship with God during those moments, I would have lost my mind. Yes. Speak the truth. I would have lost my mind. And so religion had no place. It was not even relevant as far as the do part of religion. You do this and you get that. That's not even relevant to the reality that I'm living in my human experience. And so my relationship has evolved to the place where it is and I am. Mm. Because, because God is, I am. He is Say everything that. that I needed him to be and more. Wow. So I had to take a pause on that one because I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm chewing on that right now. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And so I think that we can pivot. We probably asked a couple more questions because this is a, a very organic conversation. We haven't rehearsed any of these answers. So the next question that I want to ask is, or just kind of broach, is can you eliminate church attendance and still be a Christian? Can you eliminate church attendance and still be a Christian? And I have my answer, but I'm going to let the professor Melanie go first. <laughs> and then I'll kind of piggyback on what she says. To get my point. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> there's no easy way to, for me to answer that question. It's in my mind, it's more like a question as the answer. Um, so church attendance in my mind, when I hear you say that is associated with the way that we assemble in the present time. Um, whereas church attendance over time has evolved or it's changed and shifted with the groups that are believers. Um, so I think church as is right now, um, the attendance is not necessary, but the, the word does say, do not forsake the assembly of the saints. So what it feels like and what it has appeared like to me just in observing online and in discussion or conversation with others is that we're going back to the basic gathering 
method of the early church um, where it was hosted inside homes, whether it be in your home via a screen or in your home practicing social distancing. Um, we are more focused on connecting with one another and together connecting with our creator than um, doing the perceived ritualistic requirements or statutes that's associated with our faith. So it kind of goes back to the question prior that was um, about religion versus relationship. Um, the early church was developed through relationships. Christ had his select group of people that were very close to him and spent time with him doing everything, not just going to the temple. I mean, truth be told, in his short time of actual ministry, he was rarely inside a temple. Um, his, his followers were with him doing life together. You know, you would find him picking up something off of the, the road, you know, in a field and feeding his, his crew. Or, you know, when the large masses come, he's healing them, but he's also feeding them. He's meeting basic needs um, as a way to connect from human to human before the, the supernatural uh, giftings happen. So, you know, before the deliverance, before the healings, he connects some kind of way, human to human, either by feeding or by touching or by having a conversation. Um, you know, uh, with a, a few people that he's healed, he says to them, your faith is making you whole. Oh, yeah. You know, so he's talking to the person where they're at versus saying, oh, you must do these things and you must go wash yourself and go pray seven times and so on and so forth. Those are rituals. But he didn't focus on that. And the early church didn't focus on that either. You'll see in Acts, they gathered, they ate. They sang songs, they prayed, they read the word together, and they took care of the least of them within their group. You know, now what we perceive as church or churching is more on an organizational level or a social club. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but it's what is the norm now versus having relationship with people and using relationships to leverage a relationship with God. Um, so I think to, to sum it all up, I think that the way we've done church um, recently is not necessary for this season, but we do need to recalibrate and reassess, you know, home to home or congregation to congregation, how we will continue to fellowship, to sing psalms together, to read the word, to connect with God through prayer, because those are the things that will keep us in this season. It's going back to the basics. I've heard that for many years now, and that mm -hmm. led up to this point. We were saying we need to go back to the basics of fasting and praying and fellowshipping, because a lot of people are, in the natural sense, living on the bare minimum and i think that god is causing the church to do the same um, we are living off the bare minimum as a reminder that this 
and only this was what we needed. <laughs> Everything else was ice, uh, icing on the cake. This is good. This is so rich, and you've given such a framework that's loaded with things that I could just unpack. And I like the last part of what you said that going back to the basics is essential, but everything else that we were doing on top of the basics was icing on the cake. But what if the cake is now stale? Mm-hmm. What if the cake is not even edible anymore? What if the cake smells, reeks of all of the things that we wouldn't want to take off of the shelf and consume? And I think mm-hmm. if, if we're really <laughs> real, right if we're really real with ourselves, church as we've been doing it. And I remember being in some services and I would say no more church as usual. I no more church as mm-hmm. usual. No more church as usual. And here we are saying back to the basics. And it's not necessarily something that's an option. It's really, this is all we have. Yes. It is meeting in homes, one-on-one, small groups, really meeting folks relationally, where they are, however they are, and letting the authenticity of faith do its perfect work yes in the lives of everyone involved and if i'm honest and i can be this is our platform <laughs> right i am absolutely thrilled about this strip down go back to the basics uh, season that we're in because we've been doing patchwork for so long church has become a monster and people who are servant leaders were pretty much maxed out not getting fed spiritually anorexic because of the performance that we preferred over changing people's lives yeah through power and demonstration yeah so this is a season of refreshing for those who are kingdom minded and who are ready willing and able to serve you will be refreshed in this season because amen it's a season of refreshing for those who have been putting in the work serving diligently i feel like i'm preaching now serving in the backgrounds unsung heroes this yeah. is now where jesus says that the last becomes first and the first becomes last the playing field as far as what church looks like and feels like is now level, more level than it's ever been. Yeah. Because church as we knew it cannot gather. That assembly has been sent home. And the church is now in the streets. The church is on social media in the town square. And so I believe, and I've been saying kingdom renaissance, I believe that this is a kingdom renaissance. And I don't know about you, Minister Melody, but I have no interest in going back to a stale cake. Mm-mm. It, this is a, a season of spiritual recall. Um, you know, we've seen it with vehicle manufacturers and food companies and, and mm-hmm. other uh, businesses of that nature where something that they intended to 
be beneficial to the consumer became hazardous. And so they have to recall, they have to bring that uh, item back to the factory and they have to decide, is this something that's fixable or is this something that we need to just throw away completely uh, for the benefit of the consumer and the benefit yeah. as the business trying to provide something that the consumer would appreciate. Oh my God, that's good. For the benefit of the consumer and for the public safety or the public health. Yeah. Yeah, and that is a level of compliance that can only be enforced by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Spirit, come on. My God, and so I think we are at a good place where we can come back next week and record another episode. Some burning questions. If you have questions that you want to ask or get answers to, we're certainly able, willing, and ready to answer those questions via email. If you want something discussed on the next podcast, we certainly want to include the listener. You can send an email to info at impactfellowshipchurch.org. You can also follow the church at Impact Fellowship Church on Instagram or Facebook. We want to thank Minister Melanie Turner for joining us, and we look forward to hearing more of her insights and her knowledge as it pertains to life, society, and the word. Any closing thoughts, Minister Melanie? I just speak blessing over your life, and I thank you for allowing me to join on this podcast. I pray that it is a igniter or um, that it's something that will cause the listener to intrigue and curiosity to actually really try and see, taste and see if the Lord is good for me in my season right now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Left on Red, thought-provoking commentary by Trevor Cooper. I hope you were enlightened, challenged, and even inspired. To learn more about Impact Fellowship Church, visit www.impactfellowshipchurch.org. Until the next episode, be well, be wise, and be nice. God bless.